What are, where are we? Where are we? Good afternoon, good morning, <laughs> good night. Welcome to a lot of basketball. It is 12-14, 2017, still, still 2017 for now. Uh, this is a lot of basketball. We've, we've got the absolute dream team here tonight. Um, we, uh, we got worried for a minute because podcaster Kevin McGovern almost joined us, but he bailed. So now we've got just the dudes. We've got G- GP, Swaggy G. I'm here. What's, what's your nickname nowadays? Swaggy G, you got it. Swaggy G. Greg Poon, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. The Knicks won tonight. Two and eight, two and eight on the road now. Let's go. (laughs) Two huge road wins in Nick Nick Nation. The Cavs before they started playing, and then down the road in Brooklyn. Um, So this is now we're talking Knicks. Speaking of talking Knicks, T Nasty Swaggy T just came just came back from that same very Knicks game. How how you doing, Trent? I'm doing great. I'm feeling it. The Knicks Nation really came out tonight. No Porzingis in the second half. No Tim Hardaway Jr., just a lot of Ron Baker, a lot of Michael Beasley. And when you're, when you're getting those, that's, that's all you need. That's, I mean, they, they showed up to him tonight. That, that's a crunch time lineup for the ages. I'm, uh, and I guess we'll get out of the way now. We, do, we also do the Talking Knicks podcast. Follow that if you want. Um, I do some Talking Yank stuff. That's been popular lately. But that's enough, enough hype. Let's, let's talk a lot of basketball. Um, we, uh, and today's is today's a low key fun night. Like the basketball season's like full speed ahead tonight. We had, uh, Lonzo and Bron Bron went at it for the first time. Did you guys see that there was the, <laughs> some, some kid like LeBron was at the hospital doing like the kind of like, Oh, you know, making the rounds. And normally the kid's like, Oh, hit a home run or yeah, yeah. make a three pointer. The kid said, <laughs> can you dunk on Lonzo? Yeah. <laughs> Like that's that's so 2017. Like that's brutal. <laughs> like, yeah. People are people are mean these days. <laughs> so, um, and right now in the background, if if you guys hear me get distracted, I've got the the Mavericks Golden State game on in the background. Without, Ooh, that's a barn burner. Without Curry, without Pachulia, and without Draymond, maybe I think there's a fourth. So. That's a lot of Pat McCaw minutes. That's that's oh yeah, we got McCaw out there. We got Kevon Looney. Um, I saw uh, what's uh who's that bomber guy? Caspi's out there. So oh, Omri. That's, so now we're now it's an Omri Caspi pot. But let's um let's check in. I uh I you know we were laying out the show today, and I decided because we we give a lot of East Coast love, like we just did to the whole Knicks Nets game. Um, I said we start out west today, and. You know, it's it's funny because when when we do this, it's uh, you know we could do a podcast every week and say James Harden good, Kawhi Leonard good, Golden State really good. Next, um, I think it's it's become clear these three teams are fully separated, but there's separate questions in between them. I mean, Golden State, everyone kind of rolls their eyes at. We're good, we're expecting them in the end. Um, you know, they could do almost anything in the regular season. We'd be like, yeah, if they got those four guys healthy going in the playoffs. They're good. We've, I think Houston's the actual topic right now. And there's some fun stats around it. Trent, you've usually got a, a weird stat up your sleeve, and I'll, I, I think I'm going to start it with you. But Houston is playing incredible basketball, and they've got some fun stats tied with CP3 right now. Are they still undefeated with CP3? Undefeated with CP3. 
Yeah, um, his stats his stats for thirty six are insane. I got I'm gonna try to pull it up. I had it, I saw it on Twitter earlier. I think they're twelve and up. Uh, yeah, and they are killing people, especially with CP three on the floor and James Harden off the floor. So it's one of those things where I mean, yeah, to your point, Jake, like Golden State's gonna be there, the Spurs are the Spurs. Like how good are the Rockets and how you know I mean they're threatening and they're obviously threatening and they're killing it right now. I just wanna know how long, you know, long term do we think CP3, you know, is he going to go undefeated the rest of the season? <laughs> I, uh, yes. and if, you know, I think it's, you know, very possible. And if not that, you know, where do we see them going beyond that? You know, they're definitely able to compete now. Um, but it's going to be Golden State and Spurs at the end. Where do we see the Rockets finishing among those two groups? And if the way they're playing right now is any indication of anything, they got a real good shot at, at being there at the end and, I'm very hesitant to say anything more about whether I think they're better than Golden State and Spurs because I don't think they're definitely not better than Golden State until I see them be better than Golden State. But I've got a best team of basketball right now. I've got a guy who's not hesitant to say something. Greg, tell him what's good. They're not better than Golden State. <laughs> Is that what you wanted me to say? Please say it, Greg. A little say bit. It. I, I love, hot, I love more, the guy. I love James Harden. James Harden's one of my all-time five favorite players. Love the guy. Bucket getter. He's been doing it. It's 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 crazy that he hasn't his stats haven't dropped off since CP three came back. You thought that was gonna happen, it just has not happened. He's just a monster. But yeah. I think they are better than the Spurs. They're they're just a completely different team than the Spurs, so it's pretty hard to say. Yeah. It's hundred percent offense against hundred percent defense. And uh and we're in a real small sample size with uh, Kawhi just coming back now, so it's kind of hard. Spurs, it's not, I mean, Spurs, Spurs Spurs can win with uh, with a Euro team out there, but Spurs are zero and one with Kawhi. Yeah. Yeah, so that is fair. So are they? Are they? Are the Spurs the worst team in basketball? Yeah, think about <laughs> it. Hey, hey, Jake, Jake, yes. I got a question for you. Okay, shoot it. We're we're sending it today. I love Dream Team. What do you got? End of the season. Who is the one seed in the Western Conference? The two seed. The one seed and the two seed. And the three seed, while you're at it. End of the season. Man, I'll, um, I'll, uh, nobody, nobody's going to not pick Golden State, right? But, dude, I, I've, I've said this to you many times, Greg. I'll, I'll welcome T Nasty and the world to it. Man, if I, if I could go back and do like, I don't know, I, I think a lot of people in college get by on like passing classes and not actually learning or, or like kind of, kind of figuring stuff out. If I could do like a cool sports thesis, mine would be how Mike D'Antoni's sons that didn't win the championship held back the NBA a decade from where we are today. Cause those teams with Steve Nash, Amare, Sean Marion, they used to just get it done. Raja Bell, we know you're listening. And that's, that's what D'Antoni has now, but, like, the steroids version of that. Like, Harden and Chris Paul, he has essentially two Steve Nashes. Um, and then every accessory piece is, like, perfect right now. Like, Ryan Anderson, Capella, uh, P.J. Tucker, just, like, everyone you see on the court. We, we were joking on the podcast how the Knicks are funny that, like, any night, there's 12 different guys on the Knicks roster who could get impact minutes. Like, 
Ron Baker helped close out the game today, and there's nights when he doesn't dress. Houston, they've got the same depth, but with, like, good NBA players. So, like, there is – and the whole question – the whole question is rooted from the fact that, like, there's that – it's probably, like, a 2% chance, and it's in the back of everyone's head. Like, if Golden State does things like I just mentioned tonight, they're benching their guys, you know, the regular season is something, but it's not everything. If Houston starts rolling off W's and they get a three-game lead in the West, something like that, like, they could end up as the one seed. But it's it's almost one of those – I, no matter what they do this year, until we see them beat Golden State, it's going to be the Celtics being the one seed last year, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. It's a perfect comparison. Trent, make it not a perfect comparison. Well, you forgot about, I mean, Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon, I remember when he first came in the league with the Clippers – Everyone, he was, I think, who they thought he was going to be coming out of uh, Indiana. And then he, uh, he got hurt, and then he went, you know, danced the way over to the uh, hospital that is the New Orleans Pelicans, Hornets. And he was, like, good. You could tell he had talent, but he was hurt a lot, and their team was just bad. And he's clearly in shape now. He's clearly lost a little bit of weight, and he is – he's strong. He's fast. He can shoot. Like, he is at such a – really important asset for them. And I think defensively he's not, you know, he's by no means a liability. Um, I think he's important as anybody out there is outside of obviously Chris Paul and Harden. And, you know, Chris Paul's stats are insane. I actually did pull up his 30 per 36 so far this season. Um, this is with Harden on the bench, but it's 28, 14, seven. So that's points, assists, rebounds. And then he has almost four steals and only three turnovers. And he's shooting 69% true shooting. Um, so he's insane. I mean, they, I, I think the Rockets do win the take, take down the one seat. Cause they really I mean, Curry's out, you know, Draymond's out and they have, they have no incentive to rush these guys back here. They're in what year four is going to be like a continual championship run. Motivation is not, it, it's hard to find motivation when you're this good. Um, and you've been this good for this many years, and you're just trying to get your way through the season healthy, and so you have no incentive to rush anybody back. And they're not the Spurs, and they can bench all their guys in one games, but Caspi can shoot. Nick Young can shoot. And they, like, weirdly, Nick Young and, like, JaVale, they like, and they kind of put them in there, and they kind of give them good energy and good minutes. Good, and they good feed Instagram. off those guys. Good Instagram posts from those two, too. I mean, the locker room's just as important as it is on the floor. That's all you really need to know from those two guys. And D'Angelo Russell's now on the team for Swaggy P, so he's he's clear there. Yeah, that, hey. that sounds that sounds like Coach Greg Poon right there. <laughs> the, the locker room matters as much as the play on the floor. That's too true. <laughs> but but yeah, you, you let Swaggy there. swag, and you'll be good. Yeah, just let him, let him let him pull from wherever he wants. I mean, he you know we'll get to Lance Stevenson later, but <laughs> this, this is a Lance Stevenson podcast, basically. I so yeah. I, I, I would say the, the, the thing that I think we're missing because we compare it to the East and we say it's kind of nonchalant like because we're, we're thinking about the Cavaliers who just roll their way into the finals or whatever team LeBron's on, I should say. But it's a little more significant in the West, which brings us back to the Spurs because we're all assuming the Spurs are going to land in the three seed. And, I mean, that is a huge gap right now in the West. If you – if say the seating plays out right oh, now, yeah. your your four your four five winner is going to be I don't know a T Wolves or someone like that right now, 
Uh, Right now, T-Wolves Nuggets would be the four or five seeds. That's a terrible game. Where San Antonio is the three seed. So I don't know. I I think – you actually really want the one seed. Yeah, one seed is huge in the West, especially because the Spurs are the wild card, right? They're the one team that, you know, those however many minutes Kawhi was on the court, they dominated Golden State, and they're also the team that eliminated Houston last year. So I I think if you see Houston starting to get a two-game, three-game lead, you're going to see Golden State go – Fire alarm mode, right, Greggy? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I wasn't even thinking about that. Look second at that. round. Second round. I what? still don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I think Kerr. Kerr is is. He's too relaxed. I think he gets. He you know, he's been this through this as a player on two different occasions with both the Spurs and the Bulls. He's now been in as a coach. He's seen how motivation wanes when you're in like year three, four of these kind of championship runs, and you got to kind of do whatever you can to keep them. Fresh, health, like healthy, both on the court, but also mentally. Like you don't want to burn them out during the season. Um, and they, James Harden has now gone off to the MVP basically two years in a row. He's has he sat yet this year? Has he sat out a game? Um, I, don't I don't know. Think so. So I don't, and I don't know what his minutes are like, but they're I think they're at least reasonably high in the 34, 35 range, probably. Like they're, I don't necessarily know if they're gunning for the MVP, and I'm sure they're not going to say that publicly. But he's definitely in the race, and I think he wants to be. And the Rockets are not going to let up because they need this more in Golden State. It's just a question of if you have Curry still kind of, you know, a little bit injured, Draymond a little bit injured, the Rockets are much more – the Warriors are much more likely just to be okay seeding the one seed if that's what they need to do to make sure that all their guys are healthy coming to the playoffs. No, no, no. But you got to think about the coaches. Do you want to play Mike D'Antoni in the playoffs or Greg Popovich? We're talking about the Spurs – I mean, We're you got to get to the finals anyway, so you got to play one of them. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I know you have to play one, playing... of them, but you don't want to play two of them, is what we're saying. <laughs> uh, I guess that's true. That's fair. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's why we're trying to get the one seed. Yeah, but I guess I think Golden State just is going to be ultra confident regardless of who they're playing, and they're not. They're now at the stage where they're less worried about who they're playing and more worried that they can be at their best when they are playing. And and I I you know when I host I. I, I power play. I'm, I'm, I'm such an alpha male in my everyday life. The, the two notes that I think that needs to close on are, A, whoever the Houston trainer slash fitness person is, give them some love because Harden's roped up this year. Harden used to be a soft body. Him and Gordon are now athletes. Um, and the other thing is I'll say this past offseason was probably like the biggest offseason in NBA history. There was a ton going on. Man, if Golden State were to somehow lose to San Antonio because they lagged it through the season, then those storylines that the media says, you know, oh, Draymond's a quirky guy but leads that team, that starts turning into, you know, oh, is Draymond a cancer in the locker room? So I, I don't know. That's, I, I'm not saying I'm rooting for that, but it's, it's something you got to look out for. But that does cut um, both ways too. Because remember when they went for the record – and they got it, and then everyone's like, they shouldn't have done that. They're going to be burned out in the playoffs. Like that was a mistake. And then they lose, and everyone's like, "See, told you." Oh, so, yeah. like, and no matter what you do, as soon as you lose, if you're the favorite, whatever you did was apparently wrong in the first place. So, I think they're much more likely to take a really relaxed approach. We've been here before. We know what we're doing. We have the experience to get through the playoffs. James Harden's never proven it. Prove it to me. Yeah. And 
You know, let's see how good Kyle Anderson is in a game seven of Western Conference playoff game. Yeah, but they were also when they went for the record, they won the one seed by six by six games. I just pulled it right. up. No, yeah, they were going for a different record. They weren't going for the yeah. one seed. They were obviously going for the wins. But I just, I still just mean in terms of like whether you gun it in the playoffs and then or in the regular season and then lose because of it, or you sit back and you don't get the seeding you want and then you lose because of it. It just there's no winning, and I think they'd be better off seeding wins and keeping health and taking a game seven on somebody else's floor. I've I've got a quick hitter for you guys. One or one name answer. No, you don't get to defend it. One name answer. And I'll preface it with this. I think for the past two, three years, it was kind of assumed that Kevin Durant's the best scorer in the NBA, the Durantula shooting, he can be big, all that. Who's your best scorer in the NBA right now? Because I'd pick James Harden. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, 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 he would disagree with this and, and, you know, but I think, no, I, I, mean, I was going to say LeBron technically only because he's so big and he's so athletic and he's so smart. He can get a bucket whenever he wants. He just doesn't do it because he wants to get his teammates involved and he can do different things. But he, if he wants to drive and get a bucket, he will. I think James Harden, based on his size, based on his athletic ability and his strength, he's like the craftiest player drawing fouls. Um, he's still a phenomenal shooter and, you know, and has not, even with Chris Paul on the floor, has not let up in terms of his ability to score and pass and rebound. So I, I agree with you, but I, if LeBron wanted to do it, he could. Hey, hey, was that a one word answer? <laughs> that was a tough one. God. Oh my God. It was, right. it was a power one word. Right. Re- rewind. I agree. James Harden. <laughs> Still like six words. I'm just gonna stop talking. Greg, you take it. Curry. Okay. Okay. Yeah, man. Talk talk about a two time MVP getting lost in the shuffle. We just talked about the three best teams that didn't even mention Chef Curry, except when I was talking about the Dallas Golden State game. Dallas currently up 35-32, by the way. Devin Harris with some backdoor cuts that you you read about in the magazines. Good for Devin Harris. I'm glad he's still kicking. So I in in the Western Conference kind of finishing off the the other big topic has been OKC as they kind of still malaise they have these hideous games, um, you know they they show up kind of once every two weeks to kind of keep everybody going on that they're going to figure it out. Are any of you guys like fully out on OKC? I mean the way I just depicted the first half of this show, <laughs> it kind of made it sound like I am. Greg, are are we? kind of out on them for the year uh i don't i don't i mean as far as a contender yes but we could see we could see them getting up to the four seed and being exciting and then just losing to to the the rockets or the the warriors whoever gets that that spot but i mean even to get up to the four seed they'll have to figure something out they'll they'll have to be at least exciting but i mean first game of the year they looked good Against the Knicks, it just absolutely destroyed them. Uh, beat the Warriors. They've won some games, but the other other games they just look bad. Yesterday they played the Pacers, who are who are playing great ball, but the big three on the Thunder were just all terrible. All three of them. What was, what was, what was that Russ stat line? Three of seventeen. Three for seventeen Seven. with the triple double MVP. Uh, <laughs> then you got. Mello was four for fourteen, and he was he led the way with four for fourteen. Paul George was three for fourteen. 
So and they uh, won that game. They won that game. Stephen Adams and uh, Alex Abrinas balled out. My so, man. I mean, I guess if the role players do good stuff, or these guys aren't passers. None of those three guys. I mean, Russ stats say he's a passer, and we acknowledge, like, yes, that does say ten assists, but we don't we don't think that he really sets up other people other than. I don't know, just just a little dump to Stephen Adams or a kick out for a three, but he's not going to make Mello better. Is Mello really going to be content just standing in the corner? I mean, I said that was his dream, but it's, apparently it's not his dream, <laughs> as, as I've always thought. Only only on Team USA. Yeah. Yeah. What is he's not he's shooting terribly this year. I mean, him and Paul George are both shooting terribly this year on the whole. I they I, I'm I've always said uh, you know just kind of wait and see and good players will always figure it out. And I don't know how many games are we in the season, 20-something. I don't know if they're going to figure it out. I was watching the Jazz OKC game like a week ago. And start of the fourth quarter, they pulled – like Paul George and Melo were on the bench. It was just Russ. And I swear, in like three minutes of game time, I think Russ passed the ball once, and it was a dribble handoff because he had stopped dribbling and then got the ball immediately back. He took like eight shots, made six of them. And then they took the lead and won that game. I just – those kind of plays and those kind of minutes where you they sit George and Mello and leave Russ out there, and he has that success he did last year. I, they all know that they need to work together to figure this out, but that just continues to reinforce, like, well, if I just do me, like, we're going to end up winning more basketball games than if I get other people involved. And that's, that's only going to continue to hurt Paul George and Mello's ability to shoot because they're – I'm going to look up there – shooting percentages now, but they're neither one of them are shooting well. I mean, Russ isn't shooting well either, but I yeah, just, Ru- Ru- Russ he's just, he's just not the guy to Russ, Russ is just not the guy to do this. 38.9% from the field for Russ, 41.2 for, for PG, 40% for Mello. So, I mean, those are all bad. Those are three are inefficient really- guys right now. Um, and I, I wonder, Oh, Trent, we're losing Trent. Yeah. Like, sorry. Guys. Too, too much, too much Ron Baker excitement. Um, yeah, I think something something of note there, I think, because The Ringer came out with their big article the other day that was talking about how when guys leave um, OKC from Russ that they normally play better. And a lot of the stats are skewed a little bit. I mean, a lot of the guys were younger. I mean, especially if you look at someone like a Jeremy Lamb who was a rookie and now he's doing things. Oladipo obviously grew a little bit. But I I think the the – the only really important numbers that I took away from the article was, was or were the touches. I think Oladipo's touches per game went from something like 35 to 51. And, like, I get that he's, he's obviously more the man in Indiana, but, like, I, the players that it compared him to that were getting the same amount of touches were like, whoa. Like, I, and I, I think Greg definitely touched on it when he said, um, you know, Steven Adams, what Russ does when Russ can create so well and lose his defender that when he gets to the 10 and the big man comes to help, he just does that drop pass, Steven Adams, dunk, layup, whatever. Being the two guard, I mean, you know, people people yelled at Presti for years that they never had the right two guard next to Russ. I don't know if there is a right two guard next to Russ. I mean, even if you go an aging Kevin Martin – Waiters, Lamb, Oladipo, Harden, however you want to measure it. I mean, at some point, it's, 
you know, you can't just say, oh, they went on and got better. You got to say, okay, well, if they had a little bit in them, you either have to know that talent-wise or figure something out. I mean, Trent, is it a finger at Russ? Is it at Presti? Is that Donovan? What, all of the above? Maybe they just should play four guys and just not play a two-guard, and that'll solve all their issues. <laughs> they, they basically are sometimes with some of those Thunder rotations. Roberson, that's what Roberson's for. <laughs> yeah. <You're right. laughs> you just four go play five defense. On offense. Yeah, seriously, he is – oh, my God, what a dumpster fire he is on offense. Um, <laughs> no offense to Roberson, sorry. Huh? Um, I don't blame Presti. I think Presti's doing everything he can, and they're under financial constraints, but he's been there for as long as I can remember, pre-hardened trade. Um and the talent on the whole has always been pretty good. Last year it wasn't phenomenal, and they're a little shallow this year. But the year they made the finals, the year they made the you know the years they made the Western Conference Finals when Serge was still there, they've always put good teams on the floor. And I do think having Durant was so good, he actually got to cover up a lot of the issues Russ would create on his own. Um, but when you gave Russ last year to do what he did, and I don't blame him for doing it, he was phenomenal, and he won the MVP, and you get a lot of a lot of publicity and he made the playoffs, but he's now conditioned to believe like I can be the best player on the floor every single night. And it just is not doing, he's just not helping his team in that regard. Although sometimes I'll have these streaks where it's just him and a Brenus and Jeremy Grant and Steven Adams and like Josh Houston. And he puts up like, yeah. And he puts up 12 in like two and a half minutes and they take the lead and he's like, well, there you go. I, I just, no one's comfortable out there. I do, I do know they're playing better in crunch time. I saw, let's see, OKC's first nine clutch time scenarios this season. They were one and eight. Offense rating 99, defensive rating 147, Ooh. which I'm not sure if you guys are aware. It's not, it's not great. You were all mellow. Yeah, and, and which is weird because defensively on the whole for the season, they're, real, they're a really good team. Yeah. And then the last seven clutch time scenarios, they're five and two, 102 offense ratings, only marginally better on offense. Uh, but their defense has gotten much better. So I don't, I have not watched enough OKC recently to ch- to like watch crunch time to see them. But has Mel has Mello been sitting during that time? Because I do wonder if their if their defense has gotten that much better. If it's just more them playing together more and kind of getting a sense when everything kind of shortens up a little bit when you get into those bigger moments, if they've figured out what they need to do more or if it was just bad luck or what it was, but their offense hasn't improved in those moments. Their defense has, their offense has it. And it's great to figure out the defense, but if they can't get the right shots and if they can't get what should be three hall of fame players to make buckets, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. I would say that I doubt Mel has been sitting just based on what the the rest of this roster looks like. I I couldn't imagine just (laughs) – putting Mello on the bench and then having somebody else go in during crunch time. Well, one thing I wanted to bring up that Trent was talking about was, is Russ thinking that he could be the best player on any given night. So that crunch time, who's taking the final shot? You got three guys who do, – do any of these guys – could you see any of these guys conceding it? Well, the one person you think would think about conceding it is, is Russ because he played with Durant, but now that he has the MVP – you think that this is, this is Russ's team in, in everybody's mind. So should he be getting the shot? And then Paul George last year in the Cavs series, I think C.J. Miles took a shot to win the game, and then afterwards he was like, yeah, I told him that it, I, I should be taking that shot. 
and then Mello is Mello. So, yeah, Mello uh, Mello doesn't see a lot of shots he doesn't like. It's man, it's it's interesting. I I think my one point that I want to tie into this that we tied into the Rockets. I'm a full circle guy. Is that we mentioned the Rockets kind of had some funny numbers where kind of their their question mark is right now when it's just Chris Paul in the court. I think they're plus thirty on teams. When it's just Harden, or excuse me, not just Chris Paul, but Hart, <laughs> Paul without Harden, they're like plus 30. Harden without Paul, I think they're plus like 18, 20. And then when they're on the court together, they're like plus three or something like that. So that's Houston's question mark right now. Like when Golden State was at their most feared, it was lineup of death. When they get all their best guys in, they're going to absolutely blitz you. Houston doesn't have that figured out. OKC doesn't have that figured out. And I wonder if they go to almost a Houston-type plan for a little bit. Like, figure it out with Russ and Mello on the court. Figure it out with Russ and Paul George with Mello sitting. And then kind of switch those in. Get get a combination where the two can work together and then figure out how to work that third. Because right now – Russ, the intense, he always gives 110%. Paul George, like, one of the more lackadaisical stars ever. And then Swag Mellow. I, I don't know. I, if, if, uh, if they have an ugly two weeks, I could see Donovan's head rolling. Um, I still think they figure it out, like Trent kind of touched upon. A lot of the advanced stats are still there. Their defense is rated very high. They've had some bad luck to start the year. Still early. Um, but man, I, I don't know. I don't want anybody shooting under 41% taking the final shot, but call me old fashioned Trent. Don't you think that Presty is, would be too smart to fire Donovan? Like, I, I don't, I'm not saying, I don't know if Donovan's a good coach. It's hard to say when Russ seems to run the offense more than anyone else does, but their defense has been good. Um, and it's not like Russ is a standout individual player. It's not like Melo is a standout individual player on defense but the combination of Adams Robertson and George clearly is doing something um but you know this team is struggling I don't think Presley's sitting there going like why is Donovan not figuring this out I I do think he recognizes they took a flyer on adding Mello to this combination and I think a risk worth taking but it's not it's not that hard to see that just the three of them together Mello's a ball stopper he doesn't he doesn't swing well he really should just be a trailer who takes court like open threes (laughs) after inbounding the ball and then just like go hang out on the sideline. But he, that's, you know, it just, he ends up, you get the ball to on like the low post and he just kind of backs him down takes a pull-up jumper and, or a fadeaway. And then you run it back the next time. I don't know. I, I don't, I would think Presti would be, would never put the blame of their lack of success with this particular team on Donovan. Greggy Presti. Hey, I've had enough thunder for one day. To be honest. <laughs> we're, we're, we're done thundering up. Yeah. I, I, I would say that Presti is definitely not a reactive guy. And if they if they did fire Donovan midseason, I think that would be very different than their organization the the last last um last last couple of years, last five five, ten years at this point. You forget forget how time travels. Good point, Jake. Um I I wanted to segue into the East um because Man, that was the hot topic after Oladipo put up that 47 spot. Um, and I, you know, I love to pat myself on the back, but everyone was saying that they got ripped off from Paul George. And I was like, well, Paul George like has said he's going to L.A. 
Um, I, when Russ re-upped, I thought that was definitely a factor that I, I didn't think would happen before the season. But, man, Oladipo and Sabonis are looking really good. Are, I, I mean, are we willing to say that Indy won the trade now it, when, when, some, when everyone was saying that, you know, NBA, you trade stars for, you know, pennies on the dollar, blah, blah, blah. Do we, does Larry Legend get the credit? Does he still run that team? I mean, are, Greg Kevin did. Pritchard. Kevin Pritchard. Pritchard. Yeah. Greg, did, did the Indiana Pacers win the Paul George trade? Uh, right now, it does look that way. Uh, to be honest, Wild. Victor Oladipo by himself is, is better than Paul George right now. If you think about it, plus they got, yeah. him, lock, they got him locked up for three more years. And yeah, a, that, a, good, a bad contract turned into a good contract. Yeah, after exactly. A couple I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, Ar- Tim Hardaway Jr. 2.0. Yes. Yeah. yeah, hopefully. Then uh, <laughs> yeah. Sabonis still on his rookie deal, second year. Averaging 12 and 8.4. That's pretty good. Off the bench in 24.4 minutes. Those are good numbers for a guy. Who, Especially a young guy. For a young guy who was a spot-up shooter for the Thunder last year, and now, <laughs> he's, now he's just a regular power forward. Yeah, you can probably blame Donovan for that one. I don't know what they were doing with him last year. Yeah, that's I, that's I, that's funny. You think he was like, uh, I actually, this isn't my game. I don't do this. And they're <laughs> like, no, just you, you go stand over there. Does he speak like, English? He probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you saw him in college that the what was it, the, the the WCC championship game. I think they played St. Mary's versus um, versus Gonzaga. Yeah, killed it. And then was it in the tournament that he played against Pirtle against? Yeah. Was this and he murdered Pirtle, but he killed him on the block too. It wasn't like he was spotting over threes in that game. Like he was more aggressive, he was more physical, he was more skilled offensively. And OKC was just like <laughs> was basically just using him in the mellow role. Yeah. Don, like, Donovan they, that's I, I think you point a little bit at Donovan. I think you point a lot at Russ there though, too. That's kind of yeah. Russ's play. The 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 dribble, <laughs> the handoff dribble. Yeah. Well I, I got a I got a hot take here. Okay. Oh, see, looking last year at like uh, at the Cavs, and when LeBron was on the floor, they were terrible. Even with Kyrie on the floor, they were just a, they couldn't score. And it was easy to kind of say LeBron runs the offense, and it was easy to say, oh, Kyrie's just not ready to really run a team by himself. And clearly, at least under you know Brad Stevens, that's not entirely true. Um, and one other thing you could point to is, okay, well, when LeBron, everything runs through LeBron. If he's not on the floor, it becomes there's so few minutes when he's not on the floor, it becomes difficult for these other players to figure out what to do offensively. And in the same way, you could look at what Russ does, and Russ did last year and this year for OKC when he's by himself on the floor with just role players. And so when he's off the floor, no one knows what to do. So with Oladipo, when it was just him on the floor last year, like they struggled to create offense because yeah. they're so used to everything running through Russ the, the amount of just reps they get in terms of running pick and roll with Old Depot handling the ball and doing all these other things without Russ on the floor is so few. It's really hard to create a rhythm and any chemistry with the rest of the guys on the floor when you're not ever charged with having to do that. So I think Old Depot, I'm sure he worked really hard, in the summer, really, really hard in the summer. I know he lost weight this summer too, so he looks faster and more explosive. But maybe he just made a jump, but also maybe – I don't want to say, obviously, Russ might have been holding him back in a lot of ways that he wasn't. He never had the opportunity to really learn how to run an offense through him and really never had the opportunity to, like, be effective. And this is another thing you could blame Donovan for. But 
these really ball dominant star players, LeBron being the good version, Russ potentially being the bad version, just make it really difficult on the players around you to be able to develop on their own. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'd, uh, I know Greg already said he's done talking thunder. So I, sorry, I, I don't need know. to bring it back, Greg. That's my bad. Oh no, you're good. I, I brought it back with the trade and I, I don't know. I just think it's, it's funny because people love grading trades, but you, you got to see some stuff and I'm, I'm going to start transitioning to the East. The one last thing that I have to say, the bottom of the Western conference standing right now, the Memphis Grizzlies, this is, this is a team we were talking about two weeks ago, whether they should, you know, try to get, a six, seven, eight seed, and now we're kind of talking full rebuild. So um, I, think, I, I think Tom was talking one seed, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you got, you got, had me on that one. Um, let's. Um, so the other, the other thing that I thought, because I, I jokingly defended it, and now it's becoming a real thing. The other huge trade of the off season. And I guess our final note on the West, because the T-Wolves are in the four seed. They're, they're playing good ball. Jimmy Buckets is back doing his thing. Um, and this, you know, this is a weekly show. So the past week in the Eastern Conference, if we're talking a 4-0 basketball team, you're talking about my boy Miritich and the 4-0 Bulls since he's been back. Early MVP talk, I know. Um, but, again, this was another trade where everyone was screaming that the Bulls got fleeced. Um, you know, Levine was the big piece from this trade. Now Markkinen looks legit. Chris Dunn is figuring it out. Levine hasn't even played yet. I, I mean, I realize Jimmy Butler's still doing good things, but this trade's not looking so bad either. And I, I mean, do, do we want to give the Bulls love or do we think they're just blowing drafts, draft pick slots at this point, Trent? I mean, Miritich is Miritich is, is talented, but he's still shooting like 40%. And for a guy who's 6'10 or 6'11, however tall he is, that's just sad. He's a two-guard, basically. <laughs> you're, you're right. The, fi- the finisher does not finish. He just shoots threes. Um, and Nico Miritich, I'm pretty sure, does not have an assist yet this season, which is Good. amazing. Good. Poor Zingas. Why pass? Um, I, you know, I still think they made a mistake giving up the 16th pick. I don't really understand why they had to do that. Yeah. That scene where the overpay was, and I don't – Justin Patton hasn't exactly done much this season. So, But that's probably more on Tibbs not wanting to play rookies than it is on whether or not he's a talented prospect. Um, I've been so impressed with Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn is a gamer. He's aggressive on offense. He's aggressive on defense. He looks fast. He looks athletic. And he's he's driving. He's not afraid. And early part of the season, Justin Holiday was shooting like 20 shots a game and thank yeah. God they got away from that. Uh, but they really found a nice rhythm and I'm sure Bulls fans are screaming at their TV because they want them to continue losing games instead of trying to make the playoffs. But uh, I don't, you know, I, I still think in a lot of ways it was an underpay for, for Butler on Minnesota's end. And it was an overpay, um, not an overpay. They, they didn't get enough back for the Bulls, but, the early returns are nice, and it's definitely you know you're you're just looking for building blocks for the future. And Markinen's nice, and and it's definitely a piece you want. Levine hasn't even played yet, but he he played really well the first part of last season where he got hurt. Nawaba, I want to talk about David Nawaba, the the second oh, guy man. who made the NBA. Don't Nawaba me. After second, what we did to our Knicks. <laughs> Nawaba is the second player I think behind Jonathan Simmons who has made the NBA off paying one hundred and fifty dollars for it. D league slash G league dryout, which is just the most ridiculous. He can thing. fly. 
He really can. He's yeah. he's really talented. I'm I'm sure. The Lakers. I think the Lakers really liked him. They but they decided to keep uh, Alex Balding oh, yeah. Caruso on their G League team instead. Sometimes you got to do make tough choices. <laughs> yeah, but I'm but he looks the Wabba looks good and it's better than those Jerry Grant minutes they were getting beforehand. The one thing I'll say about this trade is that the Bulls are the worst team in the NBA. <laughs> so it'd be, it'd yeah, be hard. not the past week they're not, and not, not even anymore. They're actually second. The, yeah. the Hawks are worse, but you think have that to be elated, right? <laughs> John Collins has been injured. I think I don't know. He didn't play against the Knicks. Maybe he only missed one game, but he was injured against the Knicks. John Collins looks good. Yeah, I like John that. Collins. So I think the Bulls will, will fall back into that very last last spot in the NBA. So it's be tough to say that they won that trade. If you had to buy a Bulls jersey tomorrow, who would it be, Greg? Um. It's a tough question. I'd probably, I'd probably go marketing, right? Nice. I like I think that. Think you have to. Oh, fully transitioning to the East now. Now that we started with the best team in the East, the Chicago Bulls. Um, I, you know, I think the highlight, and I, 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 I'll never tell Kevin McGovern, but I was excited to have him for his Celtics take on this. But Greg, you, you've been linked to the Commonwealth for a while now. Gordon Hayward saying he's a thousand percent coming back. Um. Is this even exciting in Boston at this point? We've, everyone's been talking for a, a month and a half now how, uh, you know, Hayward getting hurt is the best thing because it lets Brown develop. Um, it lets Tatum develop. It, it lets all the young guys do their thing. Do we, do we – like right now in my head, Hayward coming back, I'm viewing – I don't want to say as a negative light, but for what the Celtics are doing right now, it's going to be a step back in some ways, No. I might have to go to T Nasty on that. Greg, Greg, he looks lost in the <laughs> in the sauce right now. I'm struggling. <laughs> um, I mean, you can never really you, you can never be afraid of a player as good as Hayward come back, but and I, I can't believe he's already out of his walking boot. Like, yeah, that's, that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, what happened six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, however long it was, but you know, I think they're going to take their time with him. Based on how well they have played, they know that they can take their time with him. And if they get him back for the playoffs, that's almost just kind of like a bonus. Um, but if you can get Hayward back, I don't see any reason with the way Brad Stevens is coaching, with the way Brown and Tatum have played, why they wouldn't be able to adapt and to bring another guy into the fold. It's not like Tatum and Brown don't have such specific skill sets where they've really like catered the offense around them and making you know them good i mean they obviously have to a certain extent they're young players they need some they need their their um deficiencies to be minimized and brad stevens is great at getting his players in the best positions possible but it's not like the offense has been really dumbed down or catered to them to to make them work i think they're just talented guys and so they can i don't see any reason why they can't fit hey we're right back in and move one of them to the bench and and then make their team even deeper i i I wouldn't be afraid of it yeah and I'm back. Sorry, I heard Great. some sta- I heard some static. You got it fixed? I- yeah. Did you guys hear static or is that just me? I heard it a little bit. All right, good. Oh, I think Jake, I think you're staticky to be honest. Good. So uh anyways, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the Celtics are the one seed right now. They don't need Gordon Hayward to be Gordon Hayward when he comes back. They just need another basketball player. Like if he is like a uh, just a, a contributor contributor off the bench, 
that'd be a perfect fit. Like they just need to be able to get less minutes from Daniel Tice and Aaron Baines, basically. And I think you're looking at a team with a, a very enviable playoff rotation if Gordon Hayward's inserted and you got him eating minutes instead of those guys. So that'd be great. You think it will be get Gordon Hayward, and you, you kind of hinted at this, do you think it's get Gordon Hayward to be the Gordon Hayward on this team? Or depending when he comes back, it's kind of a bonus point, like six-man Gordon Hayward. Like, you know, we, we didn't expect you back this year. You're back. Now let's, let's go. Yeah, I think, I, think it's a, I think it's a bench thing, to be honest. I think just for a little bit, you try to – Obviously, right away, he's going to be coming off the bench. I don't think you just reinsert him into the starting lineup. He's going to be playing, what, 10 minutes maybe for the first few games, if he even makes it back this year. Who knows? But, yeah, definitely just a bench roll. Even 10 minutes is 10 minutes that Daniel Tice isn't in the game. So, it's good. Even though Daniel Tice is doing well, but he's playing we, really well. We don't we don't think it the, that that would happen in the playoffs. Basically, we d- we decide that re- regular season doesn't really reflect the nature of the beast in the playoffs. You can get away with having Marcus Smart just post people up all day in the in the regular season, but come playoff time, people aren't people aren't gonna let that fly. Well, everybody knows the worse Marcus Smart shoots, the more the Celtics win. So, especially Marcus Smart. But one one thing on this Hayward thing, though, it's it is interesting. We really we we have no idea what a Hayward Kyrie Celtics offense even looks like. We like we literally don't know. It may be exactly what we're seeing now, just with a him in there instead of Jalen or Tatum, and so in theory, a better version of what we're seeing now. Um. And this is kind of contradicting what I just said a minute ago, but no more I think about it. I have every ounce of confidence in Brad Stevens to be able to do whatever he needs to do to make his players as effective as possible. But I would be curious to see if they would just try to more system fit him back in or really let him loose if, if they feel like he's healthy enough to go and, and whether that is different, how different that is at the end of the season if he is able to come back than it would have been had he been healthy the whole time. I mean, also – Someone will never know, but it depends if he comes back this year. It depends like how late he's coming back. If right. he comes back like even in the last ten games, that'd be scary. That's a scary thing to be trying to work out in the playoffs. Just trying to fit Gordon Hayward back in. You might be. Do you think they wouldn't play him, or do you think they would just like just I don't know. convert him into you know that's, fifteen minutes that's as a, a tough contributor? Question. They might have to not play him because you know what do you what if you get swept? You know. Yeah, but I mean, in the second round. Do you think they get scared at any point if if Tatum's or Jalen Brown's like zero for eight from the field one game, and they're like, "Oh my god, we got to get him out of here," and they just they they rip Hayward into there for the rest of the game? I mean, it's yeah. a, it's obviously a, it's a nice flex option to have, but I wonder what their mentality is with trying to implement him, knowing that they have this all star player just kind of hanging out and, and contributing in, in very like light, convenient ways when they need him to coming off a super broken ankle. So I, I don't know yeah. right now, right now I have that as like a, a hiccup or concern, which, Hey, shows how good the Celtics season's going so far, but I'm, 
I don't know. I, I think when everyone saw Gordo's leg go down like that, we we didn't think we'd hear from him till 2018. So I, I it, it'd be cool to see what it could become. If, if I'm Boston, I'm a little concerned, but I I think Trent nailed it at this point there. In, in Brad, we trust. Yeah, yeah. That's, a good, um, that's a good problem to have. They don't yes. they don't expect him back this year, to be honest. He, he, it's he, saying, but we'll see. He's saying a thousand percent. I don't I don't know. I don't a thousand know. Thousand percent he's not coming back? No, Gordon said a thousand percent he's coming back. I mean um, he's art with him already out of the boot, I, I've never had I've never broken my ankle in half like he did, but it does seem like I don't know how long rehab takes, but it seems like he could come back by the end of the season. Maybe maybe he's talking tennis, Gordon Hayward, high school Her. tennis star. Video game, Gordon Hayward. Yeah. His ankle's good to go for some Destiny too. It's a boys and girls club. <laughs> uh, God, I, I love I love the Gordon Hayward meme from young Gordon Hayward to uh, bring 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 your daughter home at nine to uh, now she calls me daddy. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a little too much information about me. Um, talking Knicks, Cruzy. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of basketball. We're we're talking Frozen last week. Um, I so then I was I was kind of looking for other hot topics in the East and I opened with the Bulls so that that shows you something, um, but man Cleveland's doing their thing man they're nine and one in their last ten their their planned Gordon Hayward Isaiah Thomas is their only question mark and that's what we're waiting for right now but I mean man right now Celtics Cavs Raptors Bucks the only wild card is the Pacers who we talked about who we didn't expect them to be a five seed we thought they might fight for an eight. And then it's Wizards, Wizards, Pistons, Knicks, 76ers, Heat, and then it's kind of the, the next level of drop-off. Um, man, I, I mean, so at the same time, I, and this is funny, I've, I've mentioned this before, that like the NBA, a lot of it, like 90% plays out how you kind of think. Like the Pacers are the one real oddball in there, right? Um, and the Knicks to a degree. Um, but – I call me crazy. I was I was looking for the the hot story. I I joke about the hot takes. Man, these are some fun teams. I like these Eastern Conference teams. I I mean I've said enough about the Knicks. Right now the Sixers are on the outside looking in. Everyone's trust the process and love them. Um, but man, right now would be Celtics, Knicks, Cavs, Pistons. Who I love the Pistons team. They're fun. Avery Bradley, Tobias. Wizards Raptors would be great. Bucks Pacers is kind of the lackluster one, the four or five, which is normally the most exciting. Um, and who? And so from that, what what kind of try? Give me a team, one of those teams you'd like to mention, and then which one of these teams is going to get their heart broken? Because someone out of someone out of Detroit, the Knicks, Philly. Um, Potentially the Wizards, maybe the Pacers. One of these teams is going to have their heart broken this season. They're going to think that this was their year to kind of get involved in the playoffs and have some action, and they're going to be the nine seed in the East, which for years has been a very depressing place to be. This is this is all Victor Oladipo's fault. He they weren't supposed yeah, to be this good. Be they're, this good. They're, they're ruining everyone's fun. Um, Miami's going to stick around five hundred all season. Um, in spite of their hot end last year, it wasn't sustainable, and they didn't do anything this offseason to change it. Like Kelly Olynyk is fine, but like Kelly Olynyk is about as 500 a player as you're going to get. No offense, Kelly Olynyk. 500 is great. If you can be 500, that's you know 50. Nice job. Um, 
I think Washington figures it out. They are also kind of potentially poised to make a trade, whether it's DeAndre or what they do. You know, they're definitely someone who wants to be in the playoffs and, and by sheer will of John Wall and Bradley Beal, assuming they're both healthy, they stick in. Um, between the Pistons, the Knicks, and Sixers. Pistons have lost seven of eight. Yeah, it's not great. It's not- <laughs> we, we've, we've got a lead on they Greg's lost, answer. They lost, they lost seven in a row, and they've won one in a row. So, I mean, this, this may be sacrilege. This may be sacrilege. I mean, I, the, the Knicks are the team to, to not make it. They're I, – and it's, 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 it's painful for me to say. I was at Ron Baker's house this evening when we <laughs> talked all about the playoffs. Um, but Hardaway's out now. We'll see if Porzingis' injury tonight is serious. We have no idea. Um, but at the end of the day, like, they're not – you know, the Knicks wanted to be competitive, but I don't think coming into the season everyone was like, yeah, the Knicks are contending for the playoffs this year. I, they were borderline at best. And Joel Embiid has been much healthier than anticipated. Ben Simmons has been the rookie of the year by far. And that team's pretty deep. And they're, they are trying to make the playoffs. Obviously, they made a trade to get Trevor Booker to help out, get them more depth. And, and they are, they really want to make the playoffs. Um, and they may have another trade in them too. I think Detroit is probably just overall a better team than the Knicks. And, and, and I think the Knicks find their way out of this, unfortunately. Yeah, Greg, think, tell, tell, tell me everything you just said is a lie. Frank's the answer. The Knicks. Oh, Frank is the, the tro- answer. The Knicks are holding the trophy at the end of this year. All the Knicks have yeah. nicotine patches on their, uh, on their shoulders. from Frank. Yeah. yeah. The thing I'll say, I think we're a little bit too close to the situation where we're, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're like, yeah, the Knicks are like, they, they struggle. Are, are they actually this good? But all these teams have the same record. I think all the fans of these fan bases are thinking the exact same thing. And you're saying the Phillies making their push for the playoffs, they just got Trevor Booker. Are you, who cares? Hey, Trevor, Bo- Trevor Booker's nice, one. And two, he has two of the greatest highlights in the history of the NBA. The, the volleyball shot is one. And then there's – there was also another one where he, like, from the sideline, like, scooped in. A, a, a weirdly similar thing, but, like, just, like, launches one at the end of the shot clock, and it goes in. It never should have happened. All right, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean. So he's got, he's got talent. <laughs> I, think, I think these, other than the, the Wizards, I think all these teams are the same. Like, I, I can't pick one. I'm going to pick the Knicks to make the playoffs because I like the Knicks. I don't, if I had, I think it. I don't know. The Pistons are sliding quickly. I don't believe in the 76ers. I, I really haven't uh, up to this point. I, I, I just haven't been a believer in them. I don't, I don't think I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think the Heat could jump up into the playoffs. That, I had the Heat in the playoffs to, before the season. I had them predicted. I had the Hornets predicted to make it too, though, but they yeah. are, not, are not doing very well for themselves. But I could see them doing something to get back to 500 throughout this the rest of the season. They're they're streaky, and if this is like a 500 spot, I mean I think the Hornets could be in the mix for this eight spot too. Wow. Or or they could just continue to be terrible. It I, it, I think that's gonna happen. Is how long he, Steve, do we know how Steve Steve Clifford's still out and how long he's out for? He's like some family issue, right? Non, some personal yeah, health non, issue. Yeah. Non-factor, as long as it's Kemba. If Kemba's there and Dwight's there. Um, They don't need a coach. They just have Dwight Howard. It it feels (laughs) – 
It, you know what it feels like for me is that because you know Charlotte's done some nice things the past few years. Nobody's taken them too seriously. Never mind Kemba's record against LeBron, but um, it feels like every team we just mentioned caught up to the Hornets and has passed them and has made the East a little more legit. Kind of, kind of what I started with, um, Greg. I, I, you know, if if this was whose line is it anyways, and I'm giving points. My gut leans the Sixers don't do it right now just because I think they still have some trust-the-process mentality. You could see them rest some of the guys to make sure if Embiid gets nicked up, you know, they're going to wrap them in bubble wrap for five games. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing, that the I guess the part that has me gun-shy is they wouldn't be – it wouldn't kill them if they didn't make – the playoffs this year they're still super young they would have liked it but you know they're still building whatever they're building at the end um and i i got burned by the t wolves last year i thought the t wolves were going to be ready to go last year but they were still young and when you're young in this league it's a grind the shooting percentages just aren't there unless you're jason tatum from three again and brad they trust um yeah i the sixers would be my lean right now and i I just never bought into the heat. I mean, it it's just – you look at some of the guys that get to take a lot of the shots on that team, and you're like, what? <laughs> James, wait, James Johnson's – James Johnson? Hero on that team. Waiters Island? All, yeah. all, all the crew. So but do, we, do we think that the Pacers are making the playoffs? Is that, is that what's happening? Because I'm not sold on them either. I think they're in this – I think one through I, – I have five teams in the East that I – Think are making the playoffs: Celtics, Cavs, Raptors, Bucks, Wizards, and then I think the, that there's just six others that hey, we'll see. I think the Pacers, the Pacers, stay around. Oladipo will regress, I'm sure, some, but Turner hasn't really played that well so far this season, and he can play much better. And their defense, I don't have the stat in front of you, but over the past like five, six, seven games or something, their defense has gotten much better. So it may be a little bit things are starting to coalesce. Um, for them. So I think they stick around. I, I will say, I'm going to jump back into the Sixers quickly. Oh, oh. Someone, Noodle. Someone, else, someone else has some thoughts on the Sixers as well. Uh, I don't like my boy Trevor Berker being besmirched. Um, but, you know, uh, they don't – I believe he's an expiring contract. So they, he is. So I'm not saying Trevor Booker is, you know, a championship asset, but he is a guy that they traded for as an expiring contract, clearly to do something with. Um, and I think they think it's going to help them make them deeper and potentially get them to a spot in the playoffs. And I don't think they make that trade unless they want, they are okay I mean, missing the playoffs. But they were, they were just trying to get rid of Okafor. Yeah, but you could have gotten Okafor for, I, I know the market was not strong for him, but you, they gave up Okafor, Stalkis, and a second round pick to get an expiring contract. Like they gave up literally nothing. And then they already they already dropped the option on Okafor. Okafor's expiring. Like they they could have flipped that in another way for a non for for a different player who's not an expiring contract. But they also want the expiring contract. That's why they signed JJ Redick to one year, like twenty three million dollars and stuff. They don't want any salary for the next year. They've been setting up. I guess, but, but since they they traded away a second, and if they're so my point they, is that they were willing to give up an asset in order to get a player they felt that like was going to help them this season. They have like a million. But because of the process, what they've been doing, they have like a million second-round picks. I no, think they, I they, they actually own the next second-round pick for the next four years. 
<laughs> that's a true. No, that's true. true yeah, stat. I know. I, I understand. Fact. I'm just saying they. I don't think they're giving up actual. And I know Stalos gets at this point really isn't an asset either. But and we they, we uh sorry sorry we um I I don't know. Well, we we totally missed our Lance Stevenson when we've been talking Indiana. Oh my but gosh. The 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 I I think the other thing that you mentioned Miles Turner has been playing not so great. I mean he's he's what is he? He's 14. He's getting 14 and 7 right now. Not yeah, not missed great. A few not, games with a concussion too, so he was out for a little bit. But he's not, he's not been as dominant as I think people thought he was going to be. Yeah, not year. the jump, not the jump we expected. A lot of people expected him to be the best player on the team this year. Man, second on the team is Bojan on in scoring is Bojan Bogdanovic. Bojan, I mean, Bojan. Bojan. Uh, t- t- talk about a score though. Yes, but also when Greg mentions, you know, the Indian Pacers aren't a lock for the playoffs. If this team were to go at 0 and 4, and now they're 16 and 16, and Bojan Bogdanovic is your second leading scorer, <laughs> that team is viewed a lot differently. So I, I think that's a good point. We'll we'll see how it plays out. I think I think the other the two huge factors are going to be injuries. Whoever stays healthy, one of these teams probably gets eliminated by a big injury. Um, and then the trade deadline. Who who jumps up and makes a deal? I, I I don't think we can even talk trades this pod. We we gotta we'll we'll save that for closer to the deadline. Um, I don't know. I that's that's kind of where I was. Kind of funny. The Wizards were in that conversation. Um, T Dog, T T Nasty, T T McSmalls. What um? If you've got a closing thought, whether it's a team, a player. Something that you feel has been missed or needs to be mentioned again um, in the past week or so. What What do you got? What do you have for the people? Um, you kind of mentioned this, touched on it a little bit. This is where I thought you were going when you let off the uh, the playoff no, conversation. I, I'm never going where you think I'm going. <laughs> is you know I, I I've been I've been poking around the league pass uh, a little bit recently, and this is more of a broad NBA question. But is there anyone? in the NBA that you guys don't like legitimately do not like watching. Cause I actually think the league as a whole is a really, in a really fun place where like everybody, even the bad teams like Brooklyn is objectively like not a great team. You saw them live tonight. I, I love every minute of it. I found myself like subconsciously cheering for Spencer Dinwiddie threes. I loved watching him. I love Karis huh. Levert. Like they're a really fun team. And the Bulls are fun. And actually, I saw Atlanta and Brooklyn Live like two weeks ago. And I even enjoyed that game, which was as sloppy and embarrassing as you could imagine. And I just think so many of the teams in the NBA right now are so fun to watch, even if they're not winning games, whether it's the pace and the threes and everything they're doing. You know, just the way basketball is being played is fun to watch. Is there anyone that you guys don't like watching? Is there anyone that stands out to you as someone who just like, you know what, I have zero interest in watching that team. And you think like Bulls and Hawks, but even they like kind of keep your interest the way they play basketball. I think it's a good point. Um, Only four teams average under 100 points per game this year. So that goes with the pace that you're saying. And it it is fun to watch. I I mean, the one team that I won't say I don't like watching them because we love them. Jake and I's second favorite team, probably. Sacramento Kings. What are you guys up to? <laughs> what are you guys yeah. doing? What's going on over there? Are you playing the veterans today? Are you playing the young guys? Who's playing? Everybody plays 10 minutes. You get in. 
Love it. Yeah, like, the go Kings, King, King, Kings are tough. Man, the other one that I can't get up for just because – well, I was going to say Phoenix, but I guess Booker's – I guess your argument there would be Booker's worth the price of admission. But, man, outside of that, they've gotten disgusting. Booker's um, injured. Wait, Trevor? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. boy. <laughs> well, welcome, to, welcome to talking Booker's. Um, you're right. Devin, Devin did get hurt. He was torching. Okay. It was fun. Devin, but, Devin. man, Mark – Marky Chris, like he's just fading on me. Bender does nothing. Alex Len, like I, he would, I'd pay him to listen to the podcast. Tyson um, Chandler. Well, Tyson, Tyson's a friend of the Knicks, so we let that go. But no, Trent, it, it's a great point. The, the state of the NBA right now is really good, especially. I, I think a dirty little secret in the sports industry is that there's kind of real estate to be grabbed with the NFL fading out. Um, basketball is and. So you, you watch a Chicago Bulls game, you say, well, I'm, I want to check out this marketing kid. I want to see what Chris Dunn's doing. You could do that on every roster. Baseball yeah. is more of a local thing. Basketball, you can I, – I don't know. You, you, don't, you don't walk around and be like uh, – I'm trying to think of a good comparison. Who, who, you know, hey, did you, did you see that Ryan Braun swing the other day? Like that's not conversation. But, hey, did you see Devin Booker go for 50? That is. So – the the NBA is in a great point, great great spot right now. Greg, Greggy, closing closing thoughts. Teams, players, the the Brooklyn Nets dancers that Trent saw live tonight. All Ooh. right, guys, great great stuff. They they were drumming tonight. They they got on the drums. I'll just close with this. This is Kenny. Kenny said this. Kenny earlier today. the The Knicks are tied for sixth in the East. Would be tied for fifth in the West. Yeah. Wow. Wow. There's so go Knicks. Go Knicks. The bottom of both conferences is, is in the same boat, it seems like. We're yeah, we're or the middle of both conferences. We're not biased, but go Knicks. Yeah, the the what do we what do we call it? The the five through ten range, which I think the East had been just torn up for and atrocious in recent years. And especially there was all this talk of the super teams in the West, blah, blah, blah. I mean, man, you got the Bucks at four and the T-Wolves at four. That would actually be a really cool, like, not NBA championship final. But, like, if, <laughs> if, they, did, if they did, like, a C-League final, like, that would be awesome. But the Nuggets are the five seed. I mean. Without I've, Paul Millsap for, like, a while now. Well, and some people are saying that that might be – part of it that he was kind of getting in the way of what Jokic does, but man, so Nuggets Pacers, hey, they're speaking of games. I really wouldn't watch on league pass, but I mean, Wizards Blazers are the six. I, I think I'm a Wizards guy there. Pels Pistons. There's some ugly, <laughs> good, ugly basketball. A lot of big guys on the court. And then Knicks OKC is the eight seed. Sign me up. I, I don't know. I think it's, it's a good thing, and definitely, uh, I I tried to hide our bias this show with starting in the or starting in the West instead of the East. But the East is making strides. It's just those those top three the teams top. in the West. God, what what would Houston finish at at the East? They they could legit push Golden State's record. No. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, what what do we say? There's four four impressive teams, or three? I don't know. Not even or two or one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Cleveland would probably rest their guys against Houston and hope for the postseason. Brad Stevens would have a 
uh, an otherworldly plan. Uh, all right, now I'm now I'm just taking it out. But um, I don't know, guys. I uh, we we covered a lot as we normally do. Um, that again, mostly the Brooklyn Nets cheerleaders. But um, if you're listening, we appreciate it. Um, subscribe, follow all that. We do the talking Nick stuff on Monday. We get the lob usually Thursday, Friday. Um, and yeah, if you're into the Yankees, we've been doing talking Yank stuff. We got, we, we got it all. Uh, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Tommy, Tommy Piccolo who writes for us. Tom's been putting out some great stat of the day stuff for the Knicks, um, after their games, um, and the recaps and all that. So Trent, Trent, bring us home, big daddy. Uh, great talking basketball, great talking Knicks, great talking a lot of basketball. And one quick side note, I saw something tonight at the Knicks-Nets game I've never seen before. During the fourth quarter, there was a T-shirt cannon and T-shirt toss, and someone caught a shirt and then threw it back onto the court. <laughs> <laughs> and it almost hit Ron Baker in the head. Uh, he looked up and looked so confused. That's pretty good. It, it was a great. It was not quite as good as the Brooklyn Nets, but it was, it was as close as you can get. Craig, I didn't. I know you like that. <laughs> that's, 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 that's great, a humor. You just picture the person in the row behinding them, like, "Oh, I almost got that shirt." They just throw it at Ron Baker. <laughs> I love that. I, I, I thought Trey was going to say something happened with the gun, but um, I don't know. Something I, much better happened. Uh, <laughs> that was good. That was good. If if you listened and you got to hear, you you deserve that story. So. Um, we appreciate it guys. We'll, uh, we'll either catch you talking something or a lot of basketball another time. So thank you. Thank you.